Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of AP Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. Come on, stand to your feet one more time. We're going to get into the Word together. Today we're finishing up this incredible series. How many of you guys have loved this Into the World series? Yes. All seven of you, fantastic, that's wonderful. Listen, this is probably one of my favorite series that I've been able to just teach and impart what God is saying and doing. And today is uh, uh, the finale of that series. But I wanna tell you, even though the series is ending, we're actually just getting started with understanding what God has sent us to do in this season as the body of Christ. And so I encourage you today, uh, we're gonna end today, we're gonna be in the altar, we're gonna be praying over all seven mountains, we're gonna be praying over groups that feel like they're called or called into specific mountains. We're gonna be praying and just blessing and speaking life over you. But I want us to take a minute And I want us to invite the Lord to open up our ears and our hearts today because I believe that as we finish, there's some things that God wants to impart to us so we can continue to not just hear what he's saying, but apply it to our lives that we may continue to do the assignment and fulfill the mission that he's placed in our lives together. So can we pray? Father, I thank you today for your goodness, God, for for just who you are, God, and the incredible things that you do. And Lord, I just ask that even today, Lord, that you would meet us here, God, right now, God, that you're word, God, would divide between soul and spirit, Father, that, Lord, everything that is said today, Lord, they don't hear, God, from my mouth, God, they hear from your heart. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that let everything that is said, God, may it, God, just take root and bear fruit in the hearts and lives of everyone here today, God, that's watching online, and, God, we just give you praise for knowing, God, you are developing us, God, for the greatness you have called us into in this season together. And, Lord, we honor you and give you praise, and it's in Jesus' name. If you're ready, shout amen. Amen. Come on, you can be seated, be seated. You know, I don't know, I'll share this quickly and then we'll move on. Today is such a special day for Melissa and I because today marks exactly five years that we have been the pastors here at AP Church. And man, we are, uh, we're, we're so excited. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are so kind. Melissa's back there, and I forgot to mention earlier, babe, I'm sorry. But I wanted to take a minute and just and talk about just for a minute how much we love this house. And we love, we love you guys so much. It is our privilege to be able to link arms with you, do life together, uh, raise our kids uh, in, this, in this place. And literally, we believe we continue to win our city in Jesus' name. And so and I want to tell you, you know, there, we, how many of you guys know that, that even today there are apostles that walk on the earth? Well, no, we'll get into that in June. I got a whole series on the fivefold we'll talk about. But there's an apostolic father of this house. He's been here before. He's an, he's an apostolic leader to me. His name is Brian Cutshaw. And we were talking one day uh, several weeks ago, and he just he knows our time here and the things that have happened and things we've been able to accomplish and move forward together. And all of a sudden, he just he said, Derek, hang on. He said, I heard the Lord say that in these next five years, he said, your church is going to experience 10 years worth of increase. Now, I don't know about you, but I received that word from the Lord. And I wanna tell, I'm only telling you that because I want you to believe that with me, pray that with me. And listen, not just for the house, how many of you guys would like to see the Lord bless you with 10 years of increase in the next five years over your own family and life? 
and everything the Lord has called you to do. Listen, I believe that is a word over this house, and we believe that and receive that together. If that's you, somebody say amen. 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 So we're excited. So I say all that to say, listen, we're just getting started, and greater is to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get into the word today. Uh, so we're finishing our series, Into the World. Uh, and we're really just getting started, though, because we've investigated and we're applying what it means to be sent into the world to make disciples and make a difference. And I'll tell you, we are feverishly working right now um, on, uh, in, for the fall, some leadership development opportunities for anybody who's interested to continue to learn about what it means to go into these places of influence and make disciples and make a difference. And so we're going to be offering that. It's going to be powerful. I look forward to having so many people who are in those places already teaching and imparting the wisdom we need to be effective for the kingdom of God. So be on the uh, lookout for that horizon this fall. Uh, as we get started today, I want to make sure if you did not get that packet that we provided, just slip your hand up really quick. We've got ushers ready. Did everybody get it? We got a few people. We got one down there. Yeah, just if you'll keep your hand up high for the rest of the service, we will eventually get to you. I promise. Uh, no, we'll get to you in a couple minutes. Uh, just keep that hand lifted, but we'll do that. But 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 we've seen something through this series that we understand. How many of you guys know that we're not just saved to sit, but we've been saved to because Jesus has called us to send us into the world. Like, like, understand this now. There's something beautiful about recognizing that when we stepped into the kingdom, when we said yes to Jesus, we were not just saying yes to a savior, but yes to a divine assignment in our lives. And it wasn't just for some of us, but it's for all of us. Somebody say it's for me. It's not just for some of us, it is for all of us. And we are recognizing through this, through this series that God has incredible plans and purpose for each of us as his children in the earth. You guys know Jeremiah 29, 11, where he declared, for I know the plans I have for you, plans for good to give you a future. Somebody shout future. To give you a future and a hope. So what does that mean? That means that salvation is truly the beginning. Salvation is only the beginning of what God wants to do because we find in John 17, 18, our base text for this entire series, that we were saved by Jesus, but we've been sent also by Jesus into the world. And here's what he declared over us as he was praying to the Father. He said this, he said, Father, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Now notice, he didn't say I'm sending them into a church building to hide. He didn't say, I'm sending you to a church to hide. He said, I'm sending you into the world to shine for me. If you believe that, somebody say amen. amen. That Jesus has sent you and me, and listen, the assignment is the same. It's the same assignment, but it's in different locations to make disciples and make a difference. To make disciples and make a difference. And so we've been talking about that this entire series, that Jesus, he was trying to communicate and we're learning what he understood, and that's this, is that if we are really committed to making a difference in this world for the kingdom, we've got to get into the places that shape culture and society. Understand, if you're truly going to make a difference in culture and society the way that you've been called, equipped, and anointed to, you've got to get into the places that shape culture and society. So does that mean you can only do it at your house? Does that mean you can only do it on Sundays? Every day, you've been sent. Somebody say, I've been sent. You have been sent by Jesus into the world to make disciples 
and make a difference. And what we have found is we have been sent into these places that literally shape every culture and every society. We find that the kingdoms of this world, go read Matthew 4, you can see the kingdoms of this worldview because Satan offers them to Jesus, but we have found that there are seven, somebody shout seven. There are seven mountains of influence, seven pillars of influence that shape every nation, that shape every culture, and you see them on the screen. They're the mountain of religion and family, education, government, arts and entertainment, media, and business. These places are the seven pillars of every society that shape their culture, that shape how they operate, and here's what's beautiful, church. This assignment to go into these places, listen, remember, it's not just for some of God's people. It's for all of God's people. It's for all of God's people. And what we have discovered through this series is not only has God sent us, but there is actually a prophetic promise in his word, Isaiah chapter two, verse two, where it literally says that the mountain of God will sit on top of the mountains of this world. If somebody's thankful for that promise, say amen. Man, that the mountain of God will sit on the mountains of this world. What is the mountain of God? It's the kingdom of God. And so understand this, we have been sent into the world to infiltrate this world to establish the culture of the kingdom of God everywhere that we go. And to see this, this prophetic promise that we see in the word of God, can I tell you, we've been learning this, is that God's strategy is you and me. God's strategy to see this happen in this day is you and me. Look to your neighbor and say, God's got you. Come on, tell him. God's got you. That we have been learning that everyone is called into one or more of these mountains, all of us. We've been called into at least one, some of us, multiple mountains to serve like Jesus and shine for Jesus to serve like Jesus and shine for Jesus. And what we've done over these last several weeks, we have been looking at these mountains. We have been talking about doing an overview. We've been giving handouts as much as we can information. And I've tried to go slow, even though some of you still feel like you're drinking from a fire hose. I've tried to go as slow as I possibly can. I promise. I promise I've tried to. But every week we've been looking at what each mountain encompasses, how it affects society at large, understanding that there are demonic spirits that try to rule and oppress every mountain, but also the godly spirits that can operate in and through God's people so we can advance the kingdom in those places. We've been studying, we've been looking, we've been reading together. And so today you've got a handout specifically that does uh, a few things. It reminds you of every demonic spirit that tries to oppress and rule those mountains, but it also tells you the godly spirits that can take those mountains, that can operate in and through God's people. And then it's just some things about every worker that's called into those mountains. Some things to understand, some things to pay attention to, some things to apply to your life. And I'm not going to go through those today, but I want you to have them and read through them. Because how many of you guys know the Bible tells us that sometimes God's people will perish for a lack of knowledge? So listen to me, during this series, you have not been given a shortage of knowledge, you've been given an abundance of it. So take it, read it. We're gonna make these available, those leadership development classes we were talking about, you're gonna see these things again so we can continue to study and grow and learn of everything God's speaking to our lives. But in that packet, you see that, and on the back page, we're gonna get to that in a minute, but we're, we're talking about those things today, understanding that we have, we, we're learning that we have been called into mountains. Now, I wanna address from a practical standpoint before we get spiritual, some of us have been going through this series and learning 
thing, but you're still at a place you're saying, Pastor, how do I really identify the mountain that I'm called into? How do I really identify or how can I get clarity for the places that God has called me into those places? How, how, how do I discover the places I've been anointed to go into? Well, let me tell you today, the first way that you can start to discover the mountain of influence that God has called you into, you ready? You talk to the one who sent you. You spend time with Jesus. You get into the prayer closet and into the word of God and you not only talk but you also listen. How many of you guys know prayer is a two-way conversation? The Lord desires to speak to you. And so you say, Pastor, does that really work? Is God really gonna speak? Oh my goodness, yes. Matthew chapter seven. Matthew chapter seven, look at the scriptures that we provide. Seven, it says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door be open to you. So guess what? If you ask the Lord where he's called you and sent you, he's going to tell you. If you'll keep on knocking and seeking, you will find and he will open the right door to your life. If you believe that, somebody say amen. amen. So the first thing you do when you're understanding where God has called you is you talk to him about it first. Because guess what? It's his plan for your life. It's his plan for your life and he wants his plans to succeed in and through you. The second thing I'll do is some very simple questions today that we can talk about and understanding the places we discover that God has for us is this. Very two simple questions. What are your passions and what are your dreams? What are you passionate about? What are the things you've always been passionate about? What are dreams that you've had in your heart for as long as you can remember? Let me go ahead and let you know a secret. You probably did not conjure them up on your own. More than likely, your creator put them inside of you. He put those passions there. He put those dreams there. And so as you begin to understand those things, you can begin to see the places that God has called you to make disciples and make a difference. Let me break that down even further. You say, well, what does it mean, passions and dreams? Okay, what makes your heart sing? What, what do you get excited about when you get to be a part of it or do it? And the flip side is this. What makes your blood boil? What gets you fired up? Because both of those places you are passionate about just in different ways. But can I tell you, I've learned that those places, pay attention to places of passion in your life. Because those are most likely the places that God has equipped you and called you to do supernatural things for the kingdom of God. And so as we're understanding and we're looking at this series, Pastor, how do I begin to discover? Spend time with God and talk to him and then be quiet and listen. And then answer those questions about yourself. What are you passionate about? What are the dreams that you've never been able to let go of? Listen, you didn't put those there. God placed those there for you. Are you ready to go into places of influence to make disciples and make a difference? He called you. Look at your neighbor and say, you've been called? You've been called? And so, so that's how we can start to identify those things. Because I wanna tell you, it's in those answers that we find, church, and time spent with the Father, that we will gain clarity and answers for the mountains or mountain that you are called to infiltrate and influence. And today, here's what I wanna do. Today, the, the Lord gave me something this week. I actually got away with my family. I, I spent my birthday in Northern Ohio. Can I go ahead and tell you, I like Southern Ohio way more than Northern Ohio. <laughs> I'm thankful for the whole state, but I want to be here. But we got away, and we saw Melissa's hometown and where she grew up, and uh, I gained a couple of pounds, if you couldn't tell, and because uh, it was my birthday, I ate what I want. Don't judge me, okay? But 
But, but the Lord really just started to birth something in me this week, and it's really just revelation from him. Today, on, it's on the back page of your handout, I wanna share with you the five phases of mountain climbing. The five phases of mountain climbing, because how many, how many of you guys know this? Where God puts you, he'd like for you to go further. He'd like for you to pro- make progress and continue to climb the places that he's called you to do, to continue to do great things for him. And so today I wanna walk through this process of what does it mean to, to climb the mountain that God has sent you into, to, to do the very things that God has designed you to do. I wanna go through those today uh, before, we, before we finish up and pray together. And I, I want you to remember something because as we look at this five phases of mountain climbing, some people forget this about God. How many of you guys know that God is not just a God of promise. He's also a God of process. And a lot of people want God to be a microwave God, but he's a crockpot God. Come on, somebody. (laughs) You're like, oh, well, Lord, you gave me the promise. Make it happen right now. He's like, listen, if I let you step into what I have for you now, you'd screw it up. (laughs) So what does he do? He is a God of process. Now understand something about God. God never issues a promise that he does not intend to fulfill. But he is also a God that understands that he needs to take us through a process so we can be ready for the great things he has in store for us. So, so understand, I've been saying it through this whole, this, through this whole series. The reality is, is God's not going to deploy you for greatness until you've been developed for it. He's not gonna deploy you for great things until you've been developed for great things. And so we can see these phases, they all, they all go together. It's this incredible, this spirit-filled cycle that we're going to look through today. And I just want to encourage you really quick, because some of you are like, well, Pastor, I've been in the process a long time. Well, listen to me. I want to share this scripture with you really quick as we get started. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Somebody say amen if you receive the word of the Lord today. Listen, if he starts it, he's going to finish it. If he starts it, he's going to finish it. But because he is a God of process, somebody shout process. That means you need to understand something for the assignment and the mission he has called you to. It's only going to be accomplished his way and in his time. Hear me now. You're you're talking to a guy that's got all the passion in the world. I wanna be there yesterday in everything. My wife, it drives her crazy that I'm wired that way. Pastor Brad, he just shouted his hands. He said, yes, slow down, Pastor, slow down. I I got such vision for what God wants to do. But the reality is if it's God's promise, it's got to be God's process. So that means it's got to be his way and his time. His way and his time. But you just saw, if he starts it, he'll finish it. If he starts it, he will complete it. So let's talk about the five phases of mountain climbing. The five phases of what it looks like to begin to walk in the purpose that God has for each of us. Number one, that first phase is the enlistment phase. It is the enlistment phase. Now this is powerful. Now I created space on that paper for you to make notes, write down scriptures, because there's just so much here I want us to catch today. The enlistment phase. Now what is important about this phase in mountain climbing? You ready? This phase, the enlistment phase, this is where you say yes to the assignment that God has for your life. It starts right here. This is where you say yes to the mountain or the mountains that you were called into. 
How many of you guys know that our, our yes matters? Our yes to God matters. This is where you say yes to the things that God has for your life. It reminds me of Isaiah 6, 8, where the Lord asked, he said, who shall I send as a messenger to the people? And then he said, who will go for us? Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. Send me. How many of you guys are ready for God to send you into new places? Send you into the things that he's called you for? Well, listen, it requires your yes. And you say, well, does my yes matter? I can answer that in one word. Yes. Your yes actually matters. Let me put it this way, how much it matters. Your yes determines whether you become a disciple and difference maker or an excuse maker. Your yes determines whether you become a disciple and difference maker or an excuse maker. And the last time I checked, 1 Timothy 4 did not say live as an excuse, but live it as an example. And your yes matters so much that you recognize you can say yes to what God has called you to and you can walk in very great purpose in the earth. Or you can say no and you can walk in excuses the rest of your life. How many of you guys understand that God did not make us to make excuses? He made us to make disciples. He made us to make a difference in the earth. That's why Jesus sent us. So I wanna encourage you today, wherever you are in this process of enlisting, please hear me. Never ever settle for potential when purpose is in front of you. Never ever settle for potential when purpose is in front of you. What does that mean? How many of you guys know that potential is just unrealized purpose? Have you ever heard that? Man, they've got so much potential. Oh, I've got so much potential. If you heard that when you were younger or anything, you've got a lot of potential, but you better keep working. You've got a lot of potential, but you better keep going. Listen to me. We cannot be people that settle for potential when purpose is in front of us. We've got to be willing to say yes to the purpose that God has for our lives. If you believe that, say amen. So we see and understand that our yes matters to God in this enlistment phase. But let me keep going further because it's called the enlistment phase for a reason. And it's because when you step into the kingdom of God, church, not only do you become a son and a servant, but you also become a soldier in the army of God. You become a soldier. Let me show you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, but that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Recognize something about the mountains that you have been sent into. It is not a picnic lunch. Come on, somebody. You might be passionate about it, but you're going to have to fight for it. You might be excited to, to embrace those things, but there is an enemy constantly fighting you every step of the way. Please recognize the enlistment stage means you understand that you are a soldier in the army of God. That you are a soldier. So what does that mean? That means that God is just not God. He's also our general. Come on. That means that Jesus is not just the Christ, but he's the commander in chief of the armies of heaven. You say, well, pastor, that makes it sound challenging. Listen to me. It's not challenging. Do you want to know why? Because our army's never been defeated. We've never been backed up one time. There's something special about the army of God, and it's that we understand and recognize that God has a reputation in battle. You can go read Psalm 24. Who is the king of glory? 
glory. He is mighty in battle. And so you understand, you might be a soldier and you might have an enemy, but you do not have an equal. You do not have a rival. You have been set apart into the kingdom of God. And yes, there are times that you fight, but you will be victorious in Jesus' name. Come on, if you're thankful that we serve an undefeated God, somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. So we have to see this. In this enlistment stage, understand, yes, we are a part of the same family, but we're also soldiers in the same army. You are stepping into a fight for the kingdom of God to be made manifest onto the earth. And that's that enlistment stage that we have to understand. It starts with us enlisting into the assignment and the mission that God has for us. What is our assignment? To make disciples and make a difference. To make disciples and make a difference. Pastor, but I'm a little nervous about committing to this enlistment. Listen to me, don't be. Here's why, Psalm 37, verse five. Here's what it says. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he shall bring it to pass. See it. Commit your way to the Lord and trust him and he will bring it to pass. Listen to me. Your yes matters. In this season, the first thing we do when you're ready to start getting into a mountain and climb for the glory of God is you've got to say yes. Somebody shout yes. Yes, so that's the enlistment phase. Number two, the second phase that we wanna see this morning, this one's one that takes a little bit of time. This is the equipping phase, the equipping phase. You see, because before you are deployed into the mountains that you're called into, you must be developed and you must be equipped. You must be developed and equipped. So what does that mean? The giftings that God has given you, the talents, the spiritual gifts, the natural abilities the Lord has given you, guess what? They must be developed. They must be developed. This is a, a phase where you must be equipped. Now let's talk about this. We just talked about how when we enlist, we're becoming a soldier in the army of God. Well, how many of you guys know a soldier needs armor? Well, the first thing you do when you get into the, the, the equipping phase is that you put on the whole armor of God, Ephesians chapter six. There's a full armor of God. Throw that scripture, Ephesians six chapter 11. Here's what the apostle Paul tells us about spiritual warfare. Because how many of you guys know when you get into this mountain, you're not fighting flesh and blood. You're not fighting people, you're fighting darkness. You're fighting spiritual wickedness in high places. You're fighting principalities and powers and hosts and rulers. He says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. The first thing in the equipping phase is you've got to go, Ephesians 6, go read the rest of that through verse 17. You've got to put on the belt of truth. You've got to step into the shoes of peace. You've got to put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. Then you've got to take up the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith and say, I'm looking to kick some rear end and take some names for the kingdom of God. And then you start moving forward in Jesus' name. So the first thing you do in this equipping phase is you put on the armor of God. Look to your neighbor and say, get suited up. Come on, tell them. Get suited up. First thing you do in the equipping phase is you put on the armor. Let me tell you something. It's not a, oh, I'll pray this once a year. No, you should put the armor on every day. Listen, at four o'clock this morning when I was up just, just breathing in the Lord, I put on my armor. Why? Because today I'm fighting in the spirit to advance the kingdom of God. Got to put on your armor. But the next thing we see 
After you put on your armor, you get developed and equipped in four specific ways. You get developed and equipped in four specific ways. And I gave these to you on that sheet so you can understand them. You get developed and equipped in four ways, and it's really, really in, in, in this order, it's, it's pretty important, especially number one. Number one is encounters. What does that mean? Listen to me. The greatest thing that can ever happen to you as you're being developed is you have encounters with God. Hear me. You have encounters with God. If you're really going to be developed the way God designs you to, you need to be encountering him on a consistent basis. Pastor, how do I know I've encountered God? Are you ready? It changes you. It changes you. After an encounter, you're not the same anymore because there's been something that God has either added or taken out because it needed to be out of your life. It's an encounter for a reason. The first thing you need to understand about being developed and equipped, you need to encounter the Lord. I've got a couple of scriptures I need to share with you quickly. Encounter. Encounter what you need to be encountering. Um, you need to be encountering the presence of God. John 16, 13, this is Jesus. Here's what he says. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, talking about Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. What does that mean? The Bible literally tells you there that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. He will tell you things that have not happened yet. Hear me when I say something about encounters with God. Encounters will, with God will bring revelation, not just information. And listen, it is revelation that the enemy does not know. It is revelation that is only shared to those that are having encounters with God. The second thing I find is this about encounters. Not only should you be encountering Holy Spirit in his presence, but you should also be in the word of God. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. If you are really gonna do something great for the kingdom, you have got to be full of God's word. We got too many Christians walking around saying all these things that it's not even biblical. We got too many people saying they're doing things for the Lord, but they can't even tell you anything about the word of God. But listen to what the word says. Listen to what the word says about God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. See this, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to do, to do what is right. Then notice, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You're not gonna to do it if you don't know the word. You gotta spend time in the word of God. Please hear me. You've got to be full of the word of the Lord. So number one, you gotta have encounters. Number two, after encounters, it's education. What does that mean? If you're serious about making disciples and making a difference, you gotta be willing to learn. Learn, learn, and then learn some more. Let me give you a secret about leaders. Pastor, I feel like the Lord's called me to be a leader. Well, if you think the Lord has called you to be a leader, understand this. Leaders are learners. They are learners. And so if you feel called into a mountain, but you understand that you're not where God wants you to be quite yet, then you need to educate yourself. Listen, you need to study. You need to read. You need to get the degree. You need to make sure that you're breathing in everything you can get your hands on spiritually and practically about where God has called you to be. You've got to be willing to be educated. Listen, how many of you guys know that just because you're called into a mountain doesn't mean you can show up and say, hey, by the way, I own the company now. 
Listen, and, and then Dr. Wong could back me up on this one. My sister's a physician. She went to school for almost a decade. She did not go into the hospital and say, I'm called into the mountain of family, specifically into the medical field. I'm a doctor here. Where's my jacket? You can't, you can't do that. You've got to be developed and equipped. Part of that is education. Being educated, listen, listen to the word. Listen to the word, it's gonna help us understand. First Timothy chapter four, verses 14 and 15. It says, don't neglect the spiritual gift you received. But understand that he says, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Listen, if you feel like you're called into a specific mountain, please don't show up and tell everybody you know what you're doing, but you don't know what you're talking about. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. So what? You have to be willing to do what? You have to be willing to educate yourself. You have to be willing to learn and not just learn a little bit, but you have to keep learning. Second Peter chapter one, verses five through eight, Peter makes this statement. He says, in view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. And then he says, supplement your faith. Everybody just stop right there. Supplement your faith. Listen, it starts with faith. We understand that. But notice what he says. He says, hey, add these things to your faith faith. And do you know what one of them is? It's knowledge. Supplement your faith. It talks about moral excellence and self-control and love. But one of them is, he says, supplement your faith with knowledge. Listen, don't limit what God wants to do because you stop learning. Keep learning. Educate yourself on a consistent basis so you truly can do everything God's called you to do. If you believe that, somebody say Amen. So after you encounter and you educate, then comes experience. What is that? That's on-the-job training. So just start where you are and watch what God does. Come on, somebody. Start where you are and watch what God does. I love this one, 2 Timothy 2.15. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains truth. So what is that saying? That means when God begins to reveal where you're called and you are literally in that place of encounter and you're educating yourself, when you get all offer the opportunity to have experience, take it. Get in there. Listen, it is only God that brings increase in influence. It is only God that will elevate you to where the places you're supposed to go. I don't care. You cannot do it by yourself. Can I get a witness from somebody? Listen to me. You cannot do this thing without relying on the Lord's favor and power in and through your life. You can't. And so you have to understand, when you get the opportunity for training, on-the-job training, you take it. You need experience in what God is calling you to do because God will bring increase in influence when the time is right. Remember, this is a process. It's God's way and it's God's time. So ex embrace all the experience you can. And then finally, the last thing is exposure. The last thing about being equipped is exposure. What does that mean? Get around people that are doing what you feel called to do. Hear me, get around people that are, call, that are doing what you're called to do. Listen to me, I've got several, I am very blessed and thankful, I've got several spiritual fathers in my life that when I get in rooms, all I do is listen because I'm being exposed to things that I know God has called me to accomplish in this city. 
I know that. But how, how can I be exposed to them if I don't get around people who've already done them? I've got to have exposure. Paul said it this way. He said, listen, you've got a lot of instructors. You don't have a lot of parents. You don't have a lot of spiritual fathers. What does this mean? That means find some mentors. Be teachable. Be humble. Listen, the, how many of you guys know the Bible says that he does, not, he does not give grace to the proud? He gives grace to the humble. And so you've got to understand in this season, if you really want to continue to step into all God has for you, you need exposure. Well, you're not going to be invited into rooms if you're proud. You're only invited into those places if you have humility. You're only invited into those places if someone says, you know what, I wanna spend time with them because they're teachable. I wanna help them and teach them so they can do greater than they've ever done. That's the power of exposure. And so see this, you've got, the first thing we've got is enlistment. The second thing we have in this is the phase of equipping. And those four things come together. Now we go to number three. And this one is super, super important, church. You know what it is? It is the empowerment phrase. Well, let me back up for a minute. Let me back up for one second. Because I wanna remind you of something. Because some people get frustrated. You say, well, Lord, I am working so hard to develop myself. What are you doing? I'm working so hard, God, to be equipped. What are you doing? Let me remind you of a verse that you've heard before. Philippians 2.13. In, ver in verse 12, it says, you work hard. But notice what it says in verse 13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So be encouraged. If you find yourself in the equipping phase, you're not doing this thing by yourself. While you're working hard, God's working hard in you. He's doing what only he can do in and through your life. If you believe that, somebody say amen. Here it is. Number three, the empowerment phase. What does empower mean? Empower means to give someone the power and the authority to do something. Empower means that someone has given you the authority and the power to do something. Now, here's what I know about Jesus. In Matthew 28, he told us, he said, go and make disciples of all the world, right? Disciples of nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Great Commission. That's what he told us to do. But do you know he actually gave more instruction before he left? In Acts, he said, listen, you need to go and get in the upper room and wait from power on high. He said, wait a minute, before you go, I've got to give you something else before you're ready. There is an empowerment phase in this thing of going into places of influence for the kingdom of God. And it's specifically this, it is the power of Holy Spirit. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys know that the power of the Holy Spirit is not natural power? It's supernatural power. Now let me tell you something. You cannot accomplish a supernatural assignment with natural power. You can't do it. You need to be empowered by Holy Spirit to do what God has called you to do. Look, Luke 24, verse 49, here's what the text says. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said this. He said, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So what does this mean? This empowerment phase of mountain climbing means this. It means that your passion is not enough. Everybody with me? Your passion 
is not enough. You need power. And not your power. You need heaven's power. You need the power of Holy Spirit to empower you to get into the places that God has called you. And listen, not just power to move forward. Sometimes you need power of self-control. Sometimes you need power to sustain what's happening in order for you to not give up before the Lord does exactly what he wants to do in your life. But the only way this happens is if you say, okay, Lord, I need your power. What, how do you receive the power of Holy Spirit? You get baptized with the Holy Spirit. You get, you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I wanna tell you, we're talking about power a little bit today. Uh, Melissa's preaching next week, but on the 16th and the 23rd, we're gonna be talking about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? How it applies to our lives? You need to be here. And on May 23rd, listen, we are gonna lay hands on everybody on May 23rd. And we're gonna believe for infilling and fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit and every single believer in the house. If you're ready, somebody say amen. Why? Because we need to be empowered to do what God has called us to do. Well, pastor, I'm already empowered a little bit, but, but I find myself being intimidated right now or frustrated. Did you know that the believers, the disciples, they actually felt the same way? Two chapters after Acts chapter four, after Acts chapter two and Acts four, they're being persecuted, they're being imprisoned, they're being beaten already, and they prayed and they said, Lord, this is hard. They said, will you one more time, will you give us boldness? Will you give us power? Will you give us confidence to do what you've called us to do? And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came down and they were filled one more time, all of them, with Holy Spirit in their lives. So listen to me. Hey, you gotta have power. You must be empowered with power from heaven to accomplish what God has called you to do. If you believe it, say amen. All right, number four. After the empowerment phase, I'm almost done. This is the one right here, church. Execution, this is the execution phase. You have enlisted, you've said yes, you've been equipped, you've let the Lord develop you, you have been empowered. Now it gets to this point, you know what this point is? This is the phase where you go do it. Look to your neighbor and say, just do it. Just do it, go do it. Go get in that mountain and take territory for the kingdom. You've enlisted, you've become a soldier, you've been equipped, you've been empowered. Now go get in that mountain and take territory for the kingdom. What, what does the Bible say in James 1? It says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Doers of the word, why? You have already been sent, now go. Don't just stand there, do something. Get off the sideline and get in the game. It's, it's, listen, it's our season. God is awakening the saints so we understand. Don't wait on somebody else when God's called you to do it. You gotta go. You gotta go and understand this. When you go into the mountain, you're going for two reasons. What are you going to do? You're going to serve and you're going to shine. First Peter 4.10, he says, hey, he says, take the spiritual gifts that have been given to you and serve one another. And then you gotta go and shine, Matthew 5, 16. You said you go and you let the light of Christ shine. And when people see your works, they see that light and they praise and glorify your Father in heaven. So what does that mean? What does this mean? Here, this is important, are you ready? That you've got to have a hunger to serve and a hunger to shine. You gotta have a hunger to do both. 
Too many people just have a hunger to shine, but no, listen to me. It better be completely tempered by your hunger to serve. It's got to be. You've got to be willing to say, everything I do, I'm gonna serve, I'm gonna shine. I'm gonna serve, I'm gonna shine. And all of a sudden, what happens is you start making disciples and making a difference into the mountain that God has placed you into. You start making a difference into the mountain that you were called into by the Lord. But listen to me, it only happens when you go do it. Don't be apathetic, don't be afraid, don't be anxious. You have been anointed to do supernatural things. Go do it. If you believe it, somebody say amen. amen. Now let's talk about this for a minute. Because if we say we're gonna go and do this thing, we need to understand and recognize that no matter where you are in the mountain, you've gotta start where you are and then you keep moving. You've gotta start where God places you and you've gotta keep moving. And I wanna go ahead and give you an advice because this is the truth for almost everybody. Be ready to start locally before you go globally. Be ready. You know, it's funny, in a physical mountain, there are so many places other than the peak. You got, you got the valley, you've got the, you've got the plains, you've got the base of the mountain, parts on the way up to the mountain. So many people put their eyes on the, on the summit, on the mountain, on the mountain top. But listen to me. God needs people in every part of the mountain. In fact, God's called his people to take over every part of the mountain. And I'm just being real for a minute, but what if it's not your assignment to get to the peak of that mountain? But what if it's your assignment to be right there at the beginning and that's where God has called you? Listen, you cannot, you cannot the Bible says in Zechariah 4.10, you cannot despise humble beginnings. You cannot despise small beginnings. You do everything God has called you to do. And listen to me, if you will do what God has called you to do, he will take care of the rest. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Amen. Listen, hey, we're called into all these places. God wants his people everywhere. And you've got to be willing to start somewhere and keep moving forward, no matter where it is. So what does that mean? That means that if you serve on your local school board, you're as much a blessing to your community as the Secretary of Education is to the nation. You understand that? So, so that means if you're, a shift, if you're a shift manager, you're just as important to that shift as the owner of the company is to the company. It matters, and you can't let the enemy come in and degrade where you are, and you begin to think that you're not making a difference simply because you're not where you think you should be. God's got you exactly where he wants you to be if you'll say, Lord, you're in charge and I'm following. But you've gotta go. You've gotta go and do those things. If you believe that, somebody say amen. amen. I'm almost done. I got five minutes and I'm done. Five minutes and I'm done. Because here's the thing, let me, let me say this really quick before we go any further. You gotta remember something about the Lord. It is okay to start little by little before you get to leaps and bounds. It's okay, it's okay. It's his way, it's his time. And so I wanna share this with you so we understand this. It is God who brings increase. It is God who opens up doors of promotion and influence. Listen, it is God who knows when to accelerate and when to slow things down. It's God who knows those things. And hear me when I say this, church, because this is so important. It is only when God can trust your heart that he can entrust you with more. It's only when God can trust your heart that he will entrust you with more. So understand, it starts, just go. 
And if you'll continue to do what God has called you to do, he will open up doors in their time and do great things. And then finally, the last one, number five. After, you, after the execution phase, that's not the end, number five. This is the evolvement phase. What is this phase? This is the phase where you have to choose to keep growing and adapting. How many of you guys know life's not fair? I used to have somebody tell me, they'd say, listen, don't say, don't say life's not fair. Fair's where you get cotton candy and ride rides. <laughs> That's not life. Listen to me. Even while you're mountain climbing, you have to be willing to choose to keep growing and adapting. Because just like you see here, we go through phases in our lives. We go through seasons in our lives. And this is where this is important. If you're serious about stepping into greater, listen to me. You cannot just go through seasons. You've gotta grow through seasons. You cannot just go through seasons. You've gotta grow through seasons. Well, pastor, I've gotta change. God doesn't change. Yeah, he doesn't have to, but you do. You wanna know why? God doesn't change because God can't get better because he's already best. But you're not. We keep getting better. The more we spend time with the Lord and walking with him, we keep getting better. So we have to understand this. We keep getting better by his grace and his goodness. So what did Paul do? Everybody remember Philippians chapter three, verses 13 and 14, he said this. He said, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. What is he saying? He says, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. You keep, you listen, when you say yes and you get into the mountain, be ready to keep going. Be ready to keep growing. Be ready to keep evolving and changing and understanding because here's what's powerful. Did you know this cycle is not a one-time cycle? It's a lifetime cycle. It's not just yes one time. Here's what happens. If you go through all of these phases, if you go through all of these phases, guess what happens? Then the Lord is gonna open up a door to increase your influence. And do you know what you have to do to walk through that door? You have to say yes again. You have to say yes, you have to enlist all over again. And then you know what you have to do? Then you have to be equipped for a new place. Then you have to be empowered again to continue to do what God has called you to do. And then you have to execute again. And guess what happens? Then you get another opportunity and you have to evolve and change. And then you have to say yes again. Pastor, do you really do that? Listen, if you want to fulfill everything God has for your life, this is a process that you say yes to every single time. And it's a process, listen to me. There's a lot of things in this world that'll let you down. But the processes of God are just like the promises of God. If you'll be patient and trust him, they'll never let you down. And God has called you, not everybody else, you, to do great things, to make disciples and make a difference, to go into places of influence, to go into places that literally can allow us to reach the nations for the kingdom. And it all starts with us saying, 